I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dabo. Dabo? Dabo. Nothing personal. Word of the day. Yes, it's Monday, November 23rd. We got ourselves a nothing personal. How could we not talk about Dabo Sweeney, the coach of the Clemson college football team? Ah, Welcome to Monday, Coca. The Clemson what? Can you imagine? Is this really happening to me this early? The Clemson Tigers, for crying out loud, meatloaf. What happened that he's leading the show and is the word of the day? He is some kind of guy. So his quarterback is Trevor Lawrence, the guy who shouldn't be playing, who's going to be drafted first, got COVID, was on the sideline for a game with his mask below his chin. It's all good. Clemson was supposed to play a team called FSU. When you live in Miami, there are two types of people, three types of people, UF people, Miami people, and FSU people. And they get along off the field. But when it comes to college football, they just argue with each other. Their teams are the best. You stink. We're the Seminoles. We're the Hurricanes. Gators. People wear all their Gator stuff. Whatever. It's a big deal. So FSU is playing Clemson. And this is going to be when FSU alum and anyone who has anything to do with Florida, really around the country, they're watching this game. It's a pretty big game on a random Saturday in the middle of a pandemic. Everything's going fine. Clemson gets on their bus from South Carolina. They're driving on down to FSU. Now, as a New Yorker who moved to Florida in 2002, when you're born in Florida, you know that my, the hurricanes are in Miami. But then it's confusing. Are the Gators in Gainesville and FSU's in Tallahassee? Or is FSU in Gainesville and the Gators in Tallahassee? It gets very confusing. I learned it after a while. The Gators are in Gainesville. I think GG is how I learned it. FSU is in Tallahassee. Of course, I could have that wrong. So the bus is heading down from South Carolina. The players are on the bus. They're sneezing. They're wheezing. They've got masks on. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're watching Chevy Chase in holiday vacation, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Whatever they're doing, they arrive, getting ready to play. And all of a sudden, boom, welcome to COVID. One of their players tests positive for COVID. So what happens is you've got the medical staff of FSU. You've got the medical staff of Clemson. They meet, they get together. It's not like there are protocols set in place the way there are in the National Basketball Association during the bubble or even a little bit in MLB after the Marlins and Cardinals had their outbreak. It really is not from what I understand, have read, have been told, have learned from people at CBS, from various other sources. It's not very cut and dry what's going to happen. So the medical people get together and they have a disagreement over the safety of playing when the player who tested positive for COVID was on a bus from South Carolina down to Florida. So FSU says, you know what? Here's how it's going to be. I don't think we should play. 
And so FSU says, we're not playing. Everything is fine. That's the right move. You don't play. There is no proof right now that transmission of COVID is happening on the field. But there could be an outbreak within Clemson. You just don't know what you're facing. So as Rob Manford coined his expression during the baseball season, in an abundance of caution, let's just not play. All right. It's not a big deal. It's not like they're getting paid or anything. But then Dabo lost it. He lost his mind. Here's what he said. If the standard to play was zero positive tests, then we would have never had a season. This game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. To me, the Florida State administration forfeited the game. And if they want to play Clemson, in my opinion, they need to come to Clemson or they need to pay for all the expenses. I don't even want to say mic drop, Coca. We talked about that. It's not a mic drop. It's a moronic drop. There is no more moronic statement that Dabo Sweeney has ever made in his career as a coach than blaming the Florida State Administration, calling for them to be forfeited, saying the game was not canceled COVID, and inferring that FSU was scared to play Clemson. They didn't want to lose to Clemson. So they said, oh, we have an excuse now. There's a COVID case. Let's not play. And what made me smile about that was thinking back to my days in baseball. Coca, do you know what we used to do? This is funny. Uh, It's funny to me. And this is not part of the show, but we're about to make it part of the show. Before Marlins Park, there was Pro Player Stadium, which was called a million different things because they couldn't keep a naming rights sale. It was Joe Robbie. It was Pro Player. It was Landshark. It was Dolphin Stadium. It was Dolphin Stadium. That one I loved when it changed from Dolphin Stadium to Dolphin Stadium. Whatever. Who cares? So there was no roof. And so we would meet with the grounds crew and the head groundskeeper, whose name was Alan Sigward. And we would meet in the dugout where he had radar behind the Marlins dugout at Pro Player, which was on the first base side. There was the weather room. So we had all these radars and we were looking and we would be in touch with the local weather people back in the day, like Max Mayfield, who's the big hurricane guy. We all had him on our phone and we had different channels we'd call. Is the rain going to hit pro players? Is it just going to be in the parking lot? What time is it going to come? And then we'd have to meet with umpires because before first pitch of a game, the home team is in control of whether or not a game is played. If it's the final series between two teams, then the umpires have control over rain delay, over cancellations. But really, they count on the home team to have the expertise. And in Florida, we were always known as the weather people because we were having bad weather all the time. So we became pros at predicting. And the irony of that, of course, is the rain delay we had at Marlins Park with the roof. But I've told that story before. So anyway, here's how we would do it upstairs. We would get the probable pitching rotation from the other team. And we would know pretty much who we were facing. And then we would look at the long-term weather forecast. And we would say, all right, listen. If we can possibly not play Thursday, that would be great because they got Greg Maddox going for Atlanta and we've got 
David Sampson going for Florida. So that's sort of a mismatch. So if there's a weather issue, we're going to do our best to not have that game. And then the Braves are leaving town and we don't have to face Maddox. It's a division rivalry. And we just don't feel like we're in a position to win this game. We would never tell our players that we didn't have confidence in them to win a game. This was just us in the front office talking about what we thought were the best matchups. And this is not using analytics. This was front office saying what we wanted to do. Now, you would think that the only, we were the only team to do this, but we're not. Go back and look at certain rain delays. The Braves are famous for this. They would keep us there for two and a half hours in order to make sure they got a game in when they had the pitching advantage. The Cubs are famous for this. If they don't want to play because they've got injuries or they've got little owies or they've got not the right pitcher going, they are famous for the, for the QB, we called it. Chicago does the quick bang. Now, QBs can be used all sorts of ways, all sorts of places for all sorts of pleasure. But the Cubs and various other teams would use the quick the QB when they didn't want to play. So we we would not generally do that because in Florida, the issue is that the rain comes down super heavy and then it stops. And then it may start again, but it's not like the Northeast or, or sometimes the Midwest where it rains for a day or two at a time. So if we knew there was a big cell coming in and a, a cell of, uh, of, of weather and, <laughs> and we did not have a, a pitching matchup that we favored, we would say to Sigward, hey, listen, uh, we have to have a meeting with you right now. Yeah, tell your grounds crew that uh, we don't like their shirts and we need them to change clothes. Oh, my God, it's pouring rain. Oh, my God, you're 30 seconds late putting the tarp on. Oh, my God, it's flooded. We can't play. (laughs) Everyone does this. It's just trying to get a competitive advantage. Okay. Where am I going with this tale? If FSU doesn't want to play Clemson, were they sitting in their front office? and saying to themselves, hold on, let's just see if a Clemson player tests positive on Saturday, and the minute they have one positive test case, we're going to bang the whole thing, blame COVID, it's perfect. Give me a break. That's not at all what happened. If you're Dabo, you cannot equate weather shenanigans. You cannot equate all sorts of the competitive back and forth that goes on and say and accuse a team of using a global pandemic where people are dying, where people are getting enlarged hearts, where people are getting their lungs compromised, where people are getting potentially long-term, long-term health issues and say that it was FSU being a little bit scared of playing you. Why not step up, take the mic and be a man? And say, I'm Dabo Sweeney. It wasn't an abundance of caution that caused us to cancel this game. But we met with FSU and we both agreed that given the nature of COVID, when we had a player who had been negative, negative, negative and tested positive on the bus ride to the game, that there was no reason to put our young men's health both now and in the future in jeopardy. Our two administrations agreed that it is all about the health of these players, these students, these athletes. I want to thank FSU, and I look forward 
to when this pandemic is behind us, to when everybody has been vaccinated, and to when we can return to some semblance of normalcy, not just in college football, but around the world. Wouldn't that have been a better comment, Coca? Yeah, wasn't going to happen. Not a chance. Word of the day is Dabo. I could have said Dabo's disappointing. Could have said anything. All right, we got a segment coming up that I love. Cannot believe what happened yesterday. And you, the listeners, by the way, thank you for listening to Nothing Personal, for watching, for subscribing. Appreciate your loyalty. You know that. We're going to have some cool stuff coming on at the end of the show after the break. We're not breaking now, but we're going to have some Thanksgiving movies. I don't know why I'm talking about the break. Forget it. Let's do the segment I want to do because something happened and you were on it with So You Want to Talk to Samson Coca. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. You know what I want. I want you to want to talk to Samson. And on top of that, I want to talk to you. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get on Twitter at David P. Samson. That's the sound that comes from a movie called Half Baked. As we head into Thanksgiving, we're talking not about turkeys. You really want those fully baked, don't you? Ugh, you don't want... Is it strychnine poisoning when you don't make turkey? Or is that what happens, what you eat when you fall asleep because you ate too much turkey in the middle of the second game of what's now seven games on Thanksgiving? Anyway, so get into my Twitter, David P. Sampson. Ask a question. If it's on something super cool going on right now, I'm going to cover it. If it's more of a general question, may move it to the end of month mailbag bonus pod, which is coming out tomorrow because it's the end of November already. Holy crap. Okay, here was the question. Do you agree with the Dolphins' move to bench Tua and replace him with Fitzmagic? And what would you say to Flores after the game? Okay, let's break this down. Let's unpack it and let's figure out what in the name of holy hell went on with the Miami Dolphins in their game against the Denver Broncos that they lost 20 to 13. So a little background here. The Dolphins had a quarterback named Fitzpatrick. I want to say his first name was Mike, but it could be Jason, but I could be thinking of the actress of the actor, Jason Patrick. So I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not Mike or Jason. It's Monday, Coca, for Christ's sake. And you know my head was practically inside a turkey. In any case, I'm here. You're here. We're here. We're all listening. We're all learning. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Led the Dolphins to a 3-3 and record. And then they benched his beard. They brought in Tua, the Alabama guy with the bad hip. You know him. Tank for Tua. Tua comes in. Nothing spectacular. It's not like he's Mahomes or Herbert or Burrow, by the way. Best wishes to Burrow, the rookie quarterback for the Bengals who hurt his knee out for the year. Tua comes in. Dolphins win. Miami goes crazy. Tua comes in. Tua starts. Dolphins win. They're up to five and three. Everyone's excited. Tua starts again. Dolphins win. Six and three. People in Miami, this is it. This is it. First time since Shula Marino. We got ourselves a team. We got ourselves a coach. We got ourselves a quarterback. 
We're going to get ourselves some rings. All right. Fitzpatrick was blindsided, remember, by being benched, which is obviously ridiculous. Of course, he knew he was going to be benched for Tua. He was like a truly, he was literally keeping the seat warm for Tua. So Tua is playing against the Broncos, 20 to 10. And all of a sudden, I'm looking and I said, wait a minute. That's not Tua. What? This can't be right. 20 to 10, Tua's being fine. I mean, Tua's Tua. Listen, to me, he's not nearly, nearly the quarterback that Burrow and Herbert have been. And all of a sudden, Fitzpatrick's in the game. What the hell's going on? Tua's got to be hurt. Oh, my God, is it his hip? I was thinking. I didn't see it. The announcers, I wasn't listening because I watch it on mute. And uh, by the way, don't you wish you could listen to this show on mute? No, only Coco wishes that. So... Two is out of the game. I, 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 I was thinking to myself, all right, is it possible that Steve Ross, the owner of the team, Chris Greer, the GM of the team, had a plan with Brian Flores, the coach? And the plan was this. When we're down in the fourth quarter, we want Fitzmagic in the game to lead us because we don't want Tua to have to go through the pressure of playing late in a game. And I was thinking to myself, that can't be it. That's obviously not it. All right, let me think what else. Okay. Are the Broncos doing a defensive scheme that Tua didn't have time to learn? And in the fourth quarter, they would rather have Fitzmagic in the game, who is more familiar with their defensive scheme. And that was the game plan going in. And that Greer and Ross knew about it. And only against the Broncos, they were going to do that. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Oh, I know what it is. When the Dolphins are losing in the fourth quarter, because Tua is 3-0 and as a starter, we don't want him to ever be on the field, ever in his career, because he never was used to that in Bama. We don't ever want him on the field at the end of the game to feel what it is to lose a game. That's got to be it. That must be it. Okay. And then I was thinking, wait a minute. If you have a franchise quarterback, one of the most important lessons you teach that quarterback, much like a franchise player in the NBA, much like a franchise player in MLB, you better learn how to lose. And you better learn how to rebound from those losses You have to learn how to play from ahead. You have to learn how to play from behind, right? You have to do all those things if you are going to be a forever quarterback. Can't be that. So I am all out of love. I can't live without you. I'm all out of ideas. I got nothing. So the game ends, and I think I got to wait for Flores because clearly, clearly we're going to hear something and we're going to know exactly what was happening. So Flores gives what I think is going to go down as the quote of the year. Tua wasn't injured. We just felt like it was the best move at that point of the game. We had to get in two minute mode and we felt like Fitzpatrick gave us the best chance to win the game. And we had an opportunity at the end to tie it. Flores said, I was floored. 
I called Coke. I said, Coca, this, is this real? Because I've been screwed a little bit on Twitter before with quotes where it, I don't realize it's a blue check or a white check. It's not a check. By the way, it's a white check, not a blue check. It's not a check. It's not real. And then there's certain guys who we don't pay attention to because whenever they post something, it's not accurate. There's other guys when they do post something, we do pay attention because it is accurate. And Coke is in charge of all that. Because I, what, I mean, I, I get it wrong. And that's the number one rule. Call Coca. So Coca confirms to me that this is what Flores said. And then I go on and I do a little more research and I'm reading. And I read that Flores said, I got to say this again, Coca. I'm doing it again. We just felt like it was the best move at that point of the game. We had to get in two-minute mode. And we felt like Fitzpatrick gave us the best chance to win the game. Question. Yes, David, what's your question? Excuse me, Mr. Coach, Head Coach, Brian Flores. Oh, Belichick disciple. Oh, savior of Dolphin football. Quick question. Yes, David, go ahead. God, doesn't that, haven't you worn that blazer a couple times in the last week? Forget that. What about that shirt? Can't you find a dry cleaner or a launderer? No, no, no. Sorry. What was the question again? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. If Tua is not the guy in two-minute mode at the end of a game, and it's Fitzpatrick, why again aren't you starting Fitzpatrick? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question, David. Let me explain to you, because you're a baseball guy, how it works in football. You know, in baseball, when there's openers and then there's closers, well, that's what football is. We have openers, and then we have closers. Tampa did it. And look, the Buccaneers are a great team. Um, Mr. Flores, that was the Tampa Rays. They're in baseball. The Buccaneers play Tom Brady all the time. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the Tampa Rays who have openers and closers. But, but Brian, that's baseball. No, no, but this is the right move. I promise you. Here's why. We put two in the game. We get him great experience. But when it's nut cutting time, we don't want him to be stressed out. And we got to win now. But I'm sorry, Brian, say that again. Oh, no. Miami fans, pay attention. We're not building for the future. Remember last year tanking for Tua? We are in win now mode. We're six and three. We're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win a Super Bowl. We are building something around. Everybody, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. We're all together. We're going to win. Two is fine. He gets taken out of games all the time in Alabama. Brian, no, no, no. Two is the one who went in the game at halftime of the championship game. Jalen Hurts is the one who was taken out, and they brought Tua in. Oh, no, I, I knew that. That was my point. Tua knows how this goes. Openers, closers. Openers, closers. Two is the opener because he's our starting quarterback. But um, Brian, is he going to start next week? Of course he's going to start next week. I don't even understand why you'd ask such a stupid question. I'm sorry, Brian. Why was that a stupid question? Are you saying that was a stupid question? Because I should know that you are now the first team to employ the opener and closer in football? David, this is going to be the rage. We're the trendsetter. 
you think that Tua is not going to be alone on an island? We would never do that, Tim. He's too fragile. I'm, hold on. Chris, Chris, is Tua fragile? He's not fragile, right? Okay. Well, what do we say? We, we got to get Tua to give a quote, right? Go, go, hurry up. Go get Tua. Go get him. He's got to say that everything's okay and he's fine. No, no. Tell him. Get the PR people. Get him a statement. Tell him to say that he wants what's best for the team and he believes. One sec. One second, David. I'm going to get your question in a minute. One second. Cover the microphone. Is the microphone off? Hello? Off? Okay. And then, okay. okay. Shh. No, get Tua. We're going to have him just meet very quickly and just say, not only is this what's best for the team, but I agreed with the coach and I was completely behind this decision. Tell him that. Tell him to say that. He's got to say that. No, no, no. Tell him to take a shower first. No, I know he said he doesn't need to shower because he wasn't in at the end of the game, so he's not sweating, but I want to pretend that he was sweating. And, and hurt, limp, have him limp just a tiny bit. Not a big limp, not a hip limp, his other side. Okay, okay. Folks, we've got Tua who wants to address this issue. David, he's gonna answer all your questions. Hi, I just wanna say that I'm a team guy. I want what's best for the Dolphins and what's best in that situation was to have Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game. I'm completely supportive of Coach Flores and General Manager Chris Greer, and I love the owner, Steve Ross, and I love being a Dolphin. And fins up, everybody. Fins up. What a crock of crap. You know what I'd be saying to Flores after the game? If Steve Ross was not aware that this was happening and Chris Greer was not aware that this was happening, I'm walking into the locker room, I'm shutting the door, and I'm very quietly and calmly saying, Brian, What the crap are you doing? We didn't talk about this. One more screw up and your name is Philbin. That's what I would do. (sighs) Worked up, Coca. That worked me up. That's insane. Openers and closers in the NFL. Okay, anyone bet the nothing personal pick of the day? I don't remember what day we did it. I think it was Friday. On Friday, we said, we talked about the trap game. Remember, the Steelers were playing the Jaguars, and Mike Tomlin said that we will not allow ourselves to get trapped, and I bought it, and I was worried about a BDC. Remember the backdoor cover from Friday's show? Nothing to worry about. We're 34 and 31. There was no backdooring whatsoever. None. The log ride was closed. The Steelers crush the Jaguars and get ready right now for the Ravens on Thanksgiving Day. The Steelers have lost a total of a pumpkin spice donut this entire season. That's going to be something else, right? Should we predict right now, Coca? Are you ready, Coca? We didn't talk about this part of the show. Are you there, Coca? Should we predict the Steelers Chiefs AFC championship and how cool that would be? I don't want to do that as a wait to see, but I think that that could end up what is going to happen. Anyway, the Steelers crushed it. We're 34 and 31. And the good news is that uh, they did not get trapped. My pick for now is going to be for tonight. We've got the Rams plus four and a half. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is Thanksgiving time. And Tom Brady is already in Thanksgiving mode. He's focused on basting his turkey. He's upset that he's missing time with Giselle and the kids. 
He's not going to be in the game. This is a ripe opportunity for Jared Goff and their coach, Sean McVay, to get off the schneid. So I'm going to take the four and a half points on Monday Night Football. All right, when we come back, we're going to review. It's Thanksgiving. We got a big review, and then we are going to talk Cowboys. We're going to talk Giants. You may want to stick around for that segment. The NFC is a dumpster fire. The Cowboys have outdone themselves with their quotes following their close victory against the Minnesota Vikings. We also have, you know, if you're Gordon Hayward, you are rich right now, and you're going to get Jordan's autograph. Can't wait to talk about that. First, the reviews. Stick around through all these commercials. You're the reason why we have them. Thank you. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. I'm here with Matthew Coca, producer extraordinaire. Always keeps track of everything. He's got his finger on the pulse of every show, every topic. He's got folders here and folders there and bins there and trash over there. He's the king. You need cleaning on your desktop. He can do it. You need to figure out what to put in a show and how to be entertaining. He can do that too. What he can't do is give you the top five ever Thanksgiving movies because he would put John Wick 1, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, and any future John Wick. Those would be his Thanksgiving movies. And I'd say, Coco, they have nothing to do with Thanksgiving movies. And he'd say, I don't care. They're the best movies ever. Okay. It's Thanksgiving, my top five all-time Thanksgiving movies. Get ready. This list will make you smile. Number five is Dutch. Dutch is a movie with Ethan Embry who was known then as Ethan Randall and Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, you may know from Modern Family. I know him from Married with Children. It is a movie about a stepdad and his son who is a malcontent, who is a pain in the ass, spoiled brat, who goes on a road trip home from his boarding school with his father, stepfather, Ed O'Neill. They lose their money. Supposedly, they have to jump over hoops and they get a great life lesson. If you want a movie to watch with your kids to make them understand what it is to give thanks, you're going to watch Dutch. Number four, some of you may not think of it as a Thanksgiving movie, but I do because the Thanksgiving scene in this movie made me smile, and it's hard not to anytime I can mention Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon are two old-time actors. They've both passed away. They put the T in talent and Margaret is in that movie. It's it was a, it was a series started with grumpy old men, ended with grumpier old men. Did they do a grumpiest old men, Coca? I think there were only two. You will laugh, you will cry, you will smile, and you will realize there's some really talented actors who you've never heard of. And I get it. Who wants to watch actors who were dead before you were born? I get it. But if you can do a Walter Matthau double feature. Watch the Bad News Bears with Tatum O'Neill and Walter Matthau and Jackie Earl Haley, and then watch. Grumpy old men. Number three, 
because we've got two comedies. Number three is not a comedy. Number three is one of the most difficult movies you'll watch. If you're looking for serious, if you're looking for, if you, you know how I tell you that I want to watch movies that sort of put me in a mood because I'm in a mood and they keep me in that mood. And it's hard to watch a movie to put you in a different mood. If you're in a melancholic mood and you sort of get the holiday blues, there's a movie that will keep you down in the shit so firmly, but it really is a brilliant movie. It's called The Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. I don't want to say more except to say it is, uh, it's difficult, but it's also brilliant. But now let's get back to some humor if you're watching five Thanksgiving movies. My number two all-time Thanksgiving movie, to most people, this would be their number one. It is John Candy, rest in peace, Steve Martin, forever in my heart, planes, trains, and automobiles. That is the number two all-time Thanksgiving movie. They're trying to get home for Thanksgiving. It is a road trip movie. It is the best buddy movie. God, I got to do an all-time coca. Let's make a note of this. Put it on your on your desktop right in, in that special folder you have, that one that you always look at every day. Let's make sure we do the top five ever buddy movies. I'm thinking like 48 Hours with McNulty and Eddie Murphy, Dumb and Dumber with uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Candy. That's number two. And here we go. The number one all-time ever Thanksgiving movie for me is with Olivia Wilde, John Goodman, Diane Keaton. Steve Martin plays the role of a narrating dog. It's got an incredible soundtrack with Timothy Chalamet is in the movie, but he's a pretty young, he's a teenager in this movie. It's called Love the Coopers. I've reviewed it on Nothing Personal before. I'm bringing it up again. If you are looking for a movie to watch this Thanksgiving, Marissa Tomei, and what's the name of the actor? He came to a game and I met him, and he is in the Avengers. Anthony Mackie is in the movie as well, plays a police officer. It is so good. Soundtrack has Nina Simone in it. It has Bob Dylan in the soundtrack. It's a special movie. It's my all-time favorite. It's called Love the Coopers. Okay, you've been waiting for it, and you're about to get it, so be ready. We're about to talk about the NFC East. So I'm watching games yesterday, and I'm watching the Dallas Stars, I was about to call them, because I was thinking about their helmet, and I was envisioning their helmet. The Dallas Cowboys playing the Minnesota Vikings. The NFC East was my division growing up. It's always been my division. I sort of adopted the AFC East when I moved to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, but I love the NFC East. There was a time when the NFC East was the greatest division, and divisions go up, they go down. We know this. I did a segment on nothing personal. I don't know when. We called it the NFC Least. They stink. Well, here we are, 10 games into the season, and guess who's in first place? The Philadelphia Eagles have a record of three, six, and one. The New York football giants are three and seven. The Washington football team is three and seven. That's the division. Wait, are there four teams in the division, Coca? Am I totally blanking? There's a three, six, and one and three, three, and sevens. Somebody's going to win that division. We've got to wait to see. I actually don't know from when it is, but it's not time to 
go to the wait to sees yet. We'll get to that because that's coming up. But the reality is someone from the NFCs will win the division. That team will make the playoffs. So the Vikings win their game 31 to 28. And what happened after the game blew my mind. So their coach, their first year coach, the Super Bowl winning coach for the Green Bay Packers is Mike McCarthy. They've got Jerry Jones, who has provided content for this show, left, right, and center, is the GM and the owner. They've got Dak Prescott, who got hurt, as you recall. They've got a great running back and Ezekiel Elliott. And all of a sudden, all of these people started giving the weirdest comments. McCarthy said, big win, but we need to build on this. This win matters but we got to turn around and get ready for a huge Thanksgiving game against the Washington football team. We are playing for first place. And this only matters if we build on it. All right, that was interesting to me. That's like page four of the coach's playbook. Big win, but what's next? All right, we tell our coaches to say that. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't get too excited. Elliot starts talking about the mentality of their team and how their mentality has to change. Somehow they have to find a way to be strong. They have to find a way to fight through the malaise of a crappy division and rise to the top like cream and a latte. And they want success. It doesn't just come. They have to work for it. They have to come together, bant it, blah, 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 blah. If you're the Cowboys and you're in that division and you've had the type of season you've had, you've got the injuries you've got to Prescott, even with Prescott, when he was playing, he was having a great season and your team stunk. You had just lost four games in a row and you beat the Vikings by a field goal. I think basically you take the microphone and say this. Hi. Thank God we won a game. Thank God. We hadn't won in a month. I can't even remember what it's like to win. And do you know what it's like to get calls from the GM and the owner of this team when he hasn't won a game in a month? We needed this. I told our team after in team meeting post game, don't you dare celebrate. Don't you dare get excited because you are close to the top of a crappy division. And if we make the playoffs, we don't even deserve to be there. You should be ashamed of yourselves to call yourselves professionals. We were built to win and win big. We've got some of the best players in the game, according to the GM. And we have been nothing but a disappointment. So I would very much like to say to you men, when you meet the media, you say only this. We are thankful for the victory and we're going to go out there Thursday and try to win two games in a row and salvage this dumpster fire of a season and show our fans that we care and that we are going to get better for them. That's it. That's all I want you to say. Don't give me a song and dance about success. Don't give me a song and dance about building on this. Don't give me a song and dance about mentality and about toughness and greatness. 
Give me honesty of acknowledging that you have a chance to win a division only because every team in it sucks. It's a dumpster fire in the NFCs. Who's going to watch the Cowboys, Redskins? Is it true that you could put the teams from the longest yard on the NFL on Thanksgiving Day and everyone would watch it? Because you eat so much that you sink into your chair and you just watch game after game after game and you're betting on games and it gives you an excuse to leave the table, not have to deal with your family, not have to have conversations with third cousins twice removed. They'd watch anybody because anyone watching the Cowboys Redskins game on Thursday, anyone at all, damn it. Three, two, one. Anyone watching the Cowboys-Washington football team game on Thursday is desperate. Okay. Wait to see. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But we promise you we revisit every single wait to see that we've done since this show started. We did a wait to see on November 20th, which that's a recent one, so you should remember it. We had Gordon Hayward. Thank you for recognizing several of our loyal listeners, which is more than one. That's one. More than two. That's a couple. Anything three and above is several. A few is three. Several to me could be anything up to like a gaggle or a score. There was a score of people, multiple scores, who heard me say Gordon Gecko. Of course, I meant to say Gordon Hayward as Gordon Gecko. He opted out of his Celtic deal. He went for the money and he got it. I thought he would get it from the Knickers. The New York Knicks were going to sign Gordon Hayward to what would be a stupid contract that they would regret. And it would be yet another example of the Knicks gone wild. But there's a new regime in there. They've got Leon Rose. They've got the other guy that Coca gave me his name that I didn't write down. That's an interesting name. What's the name of the other guy running the Knicks? Uh, Is it? uh, It's not Celine Dion. It's um, it's uh, not Janet Jackson. I can't remember. Anyway, it's a guy named Leon Rose under James Dolan. I thought for sure they were going to sign Hayward. Guess what? They didn't. Can you imagine? Hayward was signed by Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan, the guy who played for the Washington Wizards, that guy. Michael Jordan, who now runs the Charlotte Hornets, that guy. Michael Jordan, who's been an unbelievably successful businessman and an unbelievably horse crap base basketball executive. Michael Jordan, the guy running the team that keeps signing bad players, keeps drafting bad players and never wins. That guy. They called up Gordon Hayward and said, hey, Gordo, we're going to give you one hundred and twenty million dollars. You don't have to stay healthy. You don't even have to be good. And we're going to give it to you over four years. 120 divided by four, that's $30 million a year. I know you're taking a bit of a pay cut because you turned down a $34 million option with the Boston Celtics, who, by the way, just signed Jason Tatum to a max deal, who's 22 years old. And by the way, they're always competing for the Eastern Conference Championship in a ring. We don't do that here in Charlotte. But sometimes I practice with you, and I'm going to throw in one new pair of Air Jordans signed and one new pair to wear every 10 games. That means you're going to get eight pair per year times four years. You're going to have a collection like Rip Hamilton. 32 pairs of Air Jordans, 120 million. Do you want to come play for Charlotte? 
Do you want to, Gordon? Do you want to, Gordon? Hold on one second, Mike. One second. Hi. Um, it's, it, it, I'm calling my agent. One second. I got to call my agent. Yeah, it's, it's Gordon. He's going to give us 120. It's, can we do better than 120 anywhere else? Did you call the Knicks? Did you call the Hawks? The Hawks are giving 72 to Bogdanovich? No, I'm not going to do for 72. Jordan's giving me 120. What about the Knicks? They've got enough. They, they always sign stupid contracts. They're not. They're not going to sign me, but they always do stupid things. What you mean like William Wesley is making the team better? No. All right. All right. Let me go back. Hurry up. Let me get to Jordan. Yes. Yes, Michael. Yes. But, but one thing, one thing. I can't do it for just a pair. I can't. I need 10 pair. 10 new pair per year. Gordon Hayward's not a Nick. I got the way to see wrong. He's going to be on the Hornets for four years. Can you imagine? How great is that? Okay. What's the way to see today? The way to see today is about the Los Angeles Lakers. Do you know what the Lakers are doing? They're trying to repeat as the world champions. They're going to run it back with LeBron. Davis is a free agent. I'll bet you a dollar. It's not even worthy of a way to see they're going to re-sign Davis. They stole the sixth man guy. His name is Harold. Got him from the Clippers. He he doesn't have to move like houses or his clubhouse, nothing. Anyway, they also got rid of Dwight Howard, smartly. They traded and got rid of Rondo. They traded Danny Green and got Dennis Schroeder. They signed Wes Matthews. They just gave two years to Pau Gasol's brother, Mark, the guy who was on the Raptors and really is not that good anymore. The Lakers have done a great job this offseason because they start camp December 1st, which is like tomorrow. Wait a minute. NBA training camps start in a week. Holy crap. Here's the way to see. And apologies to all Laker fans. It is super hard to repeat as NBA champion. LeBron James with this short and off season is going to be practicing load management in a way that we have not experienced at all. They're trying to surround him with energy, with players to try to get him to hold on through the regular season. But if it's a full regular season, then you go on to a full playoffs with even the possibility of a play in tournament. Not that they're going to be the seventh, eighth, ninth or 10th seed. It's too much. The Lakers will not be able to repeat, but they're trying. And I give them credit for that. But my wait to see the Los Angeles Lakers will not repeat during the 2021 season. It's too hard, too many variables. And this season is not going to be this upcoming season, a normal season under any scenario. But you can bet your bippy that camps are going to open, that the season's going to start because the NBA has taught us something on this Thanksgiving. It's just business. It's nothing personal, LeBron. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 